Welcome to the RV Dreaming Podcast. Well, good. Hello there. Oh, gosh. Let's start this over again. Hello there, and welcome to another edition of the RV Dreaming Podcast. Sorry, it threw me off a little bit when I... When I started, my headphones were like a little off balance, and I was like, "Whoa!" I was—I heard my voice come through, and it was like in the, in the wrong, wrong ear or something, and it just kind of threw me off. That's, that's why I'm a broadcast professional here, and um, I don't normally make those kinds of mistakes. So sorry about that. Anyways, welcome to the program. Welcome back to RV Dreaming. I'm uh, I'm uh, talking to you now up in the uh, mountain ranges. I'm about 3,600 feet. It's the highest elevation that I was able to find because it is hot right now. It's Monday afternoon and it is hot. Yesterday, I'm going to talk about this. I've been in Walla Walla, Washington this past weekend and I was doing wine tastings at all the, a lot of the different wineries that were around and it just got progressively hotter as the weekend was going, uh, Friday it was in the mid 80s, and by Sunday it was a high of like 96 degrees, and it was absolutely miserable. I just I couldn't find, you know, I was, I, I was staying at these Harvest Host locations. We're going to talk all about Harvest Host this episode, but I was staying at these Harvest Host locations, and unlike a Boondockers Welcome, so to speak, where you're staying at someone's house, they normally provide power where you can plug into Harvest Host. You're staying at businesses, so I stayed at a, a two different wine and a brewery while I was in Walla Walla, but none of them offer electrical service or plugins or anything like that. So when that temperature gets up to 90, even 100 today, it's supposed to be over 100 degrees, which is why I bailed out of there. I was like, I can't do another day. And I was supposed to be heading to Boise, and Boise is even going to be that hot as well. So I looked at my route and said, well, there's some mountain ranges, and the temperature is only supposed to get up to the upper 80s, maybe the low 90s today. So that's that's where I'm at. I found some BLM land, or I'm sorry, I found some, I'm up in the National Forest. I'm trying to get those two straight in my head. I'm up in National Forest land, somewhere in between Walla Walla, Washington, and Boise, Idaho, just to create a um, an area where I can get away from the heat, get up higher in elevation, and find some shade where I can park into and not melt. And not so much me; that it's the cats too. You know, they they enjoy some some cooler weather, even though I think they they like the heat a lot of times. They run out to the front dash where it's the most hottest part of the entire van, and just like ah, oh, just like spread out. They're like, oh yeah, give me some sun. Anyways, aside from that, <laughs> oh boy, let's talk about Harvest Host and is it worth it? Okay, so let's let's set some ground rules here. I'm going to go over what I did this past weekend and what I spent at these different Harvest Hosts. Now, if you're not familiar with Harvest Hosts, it is a membership program. You pay one time per year. The cost is $99 for the year for Harvest Host. However, you can use the link in the description of the show notes and it'll save you 15%. So it'll drop your cost down to $84 a year when you click the link in the description box below. And that's good for the entire year and it's unlimited stays at restaurants, bars, breweries, museums, farms. There's just there's a whole bunch of new businesses that these guys are adding 
all the time. They are, they are, I see all the time new locations popping up and, and it's a great program. So the way that it works for the business is those that have big parking lots or, or a lot of land, they allow you to park your RV. You have to be a fully contained RV. They allow you to stay on their land in exchange for buying something at their business. So it's great when you get, when you're out and you're saying, Oh, I, uh, I I can spend thirty dollars at this campsite or whatever, or I can spend thirty bucks supporting a local small business. You know, I'll take that local small business almost any time to be able to do that. But again, you're dry camping. You know, you got to be fully self-contained. You probably aren't going to have water hookups. You're not going to have electrical hookups. So just keep that in mind. But if you're going to have to pony out some money to stay somewhere for a night, I I would really strongly recommend Harvest House. I've done a lot of them. I was at the rotaries and the breweries before, but I've also done farms where you can go play with farm animals and feed the goats and and all that. Uh, I've been out at alpaca farms. I've been on honeybee farms. I've been to uh, Rolly's Red Barn right outside of south of Provo, Utah. Great produce, great fresh things, homemade ice cream. It's amazing what you can find out there. It's just not for breweries and wineries. And one other thing, too, they're even starting to add churches to the list. I remember I ended up staying at a church when I was outside of uh, Solvang, California, another another wine region. Getting a sense of the theme here of, of what you're getting when you when you listen to me and you follow me and, and check out my podcast and stuff. Uh, Solvang, California, another wine region. I actually stayed at a at a church that was out there. Obviously, you can't stay Saturday night to Sunday. Sunday's big days, and they have other activities. But they're adding all sorts of really cool venues. So I would go and check them out. Okay, hundred dollars a night. So let's, or $100 a year to, to join. And then you can save 15% with your, uh, when you use the link in the description below, get you down to $84. So let's see if this is really a good deal, the way that it worked for me. Because Harvest Host doesn't try to be a campground. They don't try, that's not their competitor. Their competitors are more of the Walmarts or the Cracker Barrels or the Cabela's or any of the other places that you can stay for free overnight. That's how they see as their competitors. So what they're saying is, instead of staying at that rest stop or at that truck stop, when you're when we're, as RVers, taking away space from a trucker who needs it, come stay at a place like this where we can stay, you can meet some great people, support the local business, and have a safe place to stay. So that's that's kind of their niche. That's that's what they want you thinking is is an alternative to the WalMarts or the Cabela's or the rest stops or the truck stops and, and things like that. When you're out and about, there's a couple things to to kind of keep in mind. A, you're a guest on their land. You're a guest in the property. So don't make yourself at home. Don't be spreading out all this stuff unless they say it's okay. Normally in the rules, they'll say, yeah, you can put up your barbecue or you can do that, but don't start spreading out. Don't let the dogs run wild. Don't let the kids run around. You know, they're trying to run a business. So just kind of keep that in mind and be a little respectful that you are a guest in, in someone's home. You're a guest at, at someone's house when you're when you're staying. So just, just kind of keep that in mind. All right. So let's go over this weekend and and you tell me if uh, if you would have done the same or if you would have maybe done something different. So this is just one weekend. Remember, Harvest House is unlimited stays. You get as many as you want. But night one, I stayed at a brewery. Night two and night three, I stayed at wineries. And again, you they, they want, you're supposed to go in 
you know, patronize the business. So that's that's how you do it. And most of the time at a winery, you know, I just go in there and do a wine tasting. You can get a, a tasting of three, four, five different wines, however they do it, for somewhere in the neighborhood of ten, twelve, fifteen dollars or something like that. You know, not bad. But a lot of times too, they will waive your tasting fee if you buy a bottle. So that's kind of what I did. So here, let me break down Nightwood when I was at the Burwood Brewery in Walla Walla, Washington. I ended up spending $20 in drinks. That was just a couple beers that they had at the brewery and $30 in food. And they, the brewery doesn't even have food there. They have a food truck that came in and I got a quinoa tri-tip steak sandwich with these something specialty fries that was covered with food and barbecue sauce and cheese it was amazing it was so it was so good but anyways that was $30 um in food that i got so all in all i was $50 into burwood brewing the very first night and when you can compare that to what a campsite would cost and cooking my own food it it may have been even but here's the thing about eternal wine or here's the thing about burwood brewing Burwood Brewing is, it was located on the northern side of Walla Walla, Washington, next to kind of the airport. There's not much out there, but there is a great spot uh, right next door to it. And again, it was hot. And the people at Burwood Brewing were so nice where they showed me where to set up in this little gravel area. And I said, is there any way I can park underneath these trees over here where it was shady during the hottest part of the day and the dudes are like yeah oh no not a problem you just can't sleep there overnight but you're more than welcome to go park in the shade to, until you're ready to to go to sleep i said like, oh great that's that's fantastic thank you so I, I went over and i parked my van underneath the shade and that made it bearable for the first night that that really was a huge huge help and the guys over there were fantastic in allowing me to be able to do that but where I parked was right in the middle of these, what they call incubators. There were five tiny little barn type things. They were really cute. And if you follow me on Instagram at Stuart doing stuff, you would have seen the photos and such. And I went to one that was in there. It's called Eternal Wines. And Eternal Wines, I was planning on hitting all five of them to do a tasting, but I got there kind of late. Some of them were already closed. And I ended up talking to the owner and winemaker. His name was Brad at Eternal Wines. And I had a, a tasting with him and we just started talking. Turned out we had a lot in common. He came from the media business and the hospitality and stuff. He's worked with a lot of the companies that I used to work with before. So we, we hit it off a lot. We started talking quite a bit about certain things. So I was there, and by the time I was done with that place, I had picked up two bottles from Eternal Wine. That was a total of $80, including tip. And he was telling me, so this is what I love. Okay, not everyone's doing this. And when you go to the, the big wine regions of the world, Everything, it starts early, ends early. Everything kind of closes down like 5 or 6 o'clock. And, and I'm not a big day drinker. I'm not one that can go out and start drinking at 11 or 12 or 1 o'clock and then drink into the night. You know, I don't normally start drinking until dinner, till if I'm going to have a glass of wine or something like that. It's not till like 5 or 6 o'clock or later than that. So doing this day kind of stuff is hard. But what I loved about Eternal Wines is they kind of have that nightlife thing. So the uh, Brad told me, he goes, hey, come back later tonight because at 7... At 7 o'clock, or was it 8 o'clock? I forgot what it is. He said that he has a live music coming in, and that's going to go till 2 hours, till 10. Okay, so it was uh, 8 to 10. 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock, there's going to be live music there. And I was like, oh, fantastic. And then he goes, at 10 o'clock, then we have a DJ that's going to play until midnight or later, and uh, we're going to do a foam party. So they had this big outdoor area where they had these bubble machines and this foam. And, and again, photos and videos and stuff are all up on my Instagram at Stuart doing stuff. 
And uh, I was like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. And I went over there. I got there around 8.30 or, or something, listened to about an hour of the musician who was fantastic. I don't remember his name, but it was fantastic. And then the music started, and, and it was a younger crowd, and it went late into the night or midnight-ish or whatever. And it was just a great time. So during that time, I ended up buying three additional glasses of wine. That was another 30 bucks there on my first night when I was staying in Walla Walla. So now, had I been at a campground, I probably wouldn't have done all that. I probably could have saved myself some money, but I wouldn't have had that kind of experience. Night two, I went to another fantastic winery. It was run by a husband and wife. They've been in the business for, I think they said like four years. And their, and their wines, they, they're small, uh, another small brewery, or I'm sorry, another small winery. And I think they said they put out about 2,000, maybe 1,500 uh, cases a year. And that was Smoky Rose Cellars. And I got a chance to talk with them just about their winemaking technique and their skills and everything. Anyways, I was there for about an hour and dropped another 105 dollars on two bottles of wine with tip over at Smoky Rose Cellars. That was night number two. Okay. So again, when you're looking at this, Harvest Host claims to be, well, not claims to be, let me rephrase that. Harvest Host is supposed to be a place where you can stay for free as long as you make a little purchase and it's supposed to be cheaper than an RV park. I just spent 105 bucks for an RV spot that night at Smoky Rose Cellars. On the flip side, I did get two bottles of wine. You stay in an RV park for $50, $60 a night. What do you get? Squat, water, power, a dump station, whatever. You know, so that was night number two. And what I really enjoyed about Smoky Rose Cellars is they only allowed for one boondocker welcome at a time. So it was just me. It was gorgeous. And the space where they had me set up, it was under trees. It was shaded. It was the weather was nice. It was gorgeous. It was it was fantastic the way that that worked out. So I was very happy with uh, my time there at Smoky Rose Cellars, and obviously their wine was fantastic. I picked up a couple bottles there. That was, well, actually, I picked up two bottles at um, Eternal, so I guess that's kind of par for the course. <laughs> so night three, okay, night three comes around, and I had a, a reservation at another winery. This is way south of, way wa south Walla Walla, virtually right on the Oregon border. Like, you can almost throw a rock to the Oregon border. And this one was called Suli Cellars. And this was uh, run by two very lovely ladies, and I love their style of, of winemaking. I'm not going to get into a lot of that, but just talking with them, I just love their history and their background and the style of the wines. And they had the great little outdoor patio with fans and misters going on. But Sunday also was the hottest day of these three days, and unfortunately, they had no shade, none at all. So they were open noon to five. So what I decided to do is get there early, check in, and uh, and I had a talk with them, and it was it was a great visit. I had the wines. I picked up two bottles. Those two bottles that I ended up getting were $70 for that night, but then I left. I left it around 2.30 or 3 because it was starting to get hot, and I was like, I have to go find some shade. I got to get out of this heat. I got to get the van somewhere where, where I'm not going to melt. So I, I ended up finding a park where I was able to park into some shade for the next four or so hours or, or whatever until I ended up going back downtown having some dinner. And then I went back to Suley Cellars that evening, but, you know, right around 8, 8.30 when the sun was going down and the weather was kind of starting to get a little better. Because I really, so what's great about the Suley Cellars winery is even though there was no shade, uh, or there no shade, it was all up in the sun, once you get there at night, 
it was gorgeous and you actually are parking right next to some of the some of the vines the vineyards that were there and i have some of those photos up on my instagram as well at Stuart doing stuff and it was just really nice and this is the the, the stuff that makes it even better the uh, the owners the ladies at Suli Cellars they actually had picnic benches and stuff out there and set it up kind of like your own little private area. There were two of us that were there, another small Class C. I think it was like a Winnebago View or something like that. And so it was just the two of us that were out there. We each had our own area. We each had our own picnic table and bench that was provided right next to the vineyards. It was a really gorgeous spot, and the wine was amazing, like I was saying, too. So that was a $70 night. Uh, staying over there for those two bottles of wine. So when I add all this up, Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights, three nights, I ended up spending $175 in food and drinks. And of that $175, it was $145 in wine. So I got some value out of that. But when you look at that $175, that's $58 a night, which could almost equivalent to if I wanted to stay in an RV park for the weekend and then just travel to and from or or a bike or take an Uber or something like that to and from each of these different wineries and not feel obligated to buy anything more than a tasting. So that that's the kind of the trade-off. I can get some more conveniences like I could I wouldn't have sweltered, I wouldn't worried about the cats. I could have parked in an RV park, plugged in, ran the air condition all freaking day and it would have been fine. And then I could have gone to the different wineries. I may have been able to go to more wineries and do the 10 to $15 tastings and um, and not feel obligated to buy more than a bottle or two or, or whatever than, than I did. So I, I, I could have probably over this weekend spent less money and got more amenities, but there's a... Uh, there's a trade-off, right? So what would you do? Do you Are you this whole RV park kind of person, or are you willing to go out there and, and support these other... And I'm not saying that you can't support a small business and stay in an RV park at the same time. It's more about the convenience. It's it's more about just having that right there at your, at your doorstep if that's something that you wanted to do. So for what should have been in my mind... You know, I'm I'm camping for free because I'm I'm harvest hosting. It ended up costing me $175, but the upside is I've now got two, four, six amazing bottles of wine sitting here that's just waiting to be drank. And as I am, <laughs> as I'm here in the national forest land, miles and miles and miles away from the nearest other winery or even gas station or whatever, you know, I'm going to be popping one of these open. And uh, enjoying myself tonight, because that's uh, that's part of it, where you can take the experience of that with you. And I still have some jams and jellies in my refrigerator that I picked up from different harvest hosts when I was staying in uh, Wyoming. I've got a lot of stuff in here that uh, I picked up from various farms and and harvest host locations throughout my travels. So I'm, you know, I'm just kind of thinking about that. So I I really enjoy it. And if it's something that you've been thinking about, you know, take that into consideration. It's not free. Okay, you, you, you do need to go out there and support some of these small businesses and support some of these uh, 
these participants that are out there. Be kind, be considerate, because you are a guest on their land. But, oh, man, once you get there and you kind of relax and you get to talk into the locals, that, that was the one thing that I enjoyed the most is because I was staying there. I was talking to them beforehand. I talked to them when I was there. You know, we were swapping stories back and forth, but really getting to, a chance to understand them, the land, the local community, the reason why they moved here to this area, how long they've been here. I didn't talk to a single person that was a local. Everybody moved here to follow their dreams and to follow their passions. And, and that's just so exciting to me when you can meet people that have these dreams of starting a winery, even a small one of 1,000, 1,500 cases or something like that. And, and moving on. Those those little incubator ideas, uh, those five barns where I was at Eternal Wine that first night, what I love about that is, A, they were amazing. They were well-equipped. I'm sure the rent was really low because they were kind of out of the way. But each uh, incubator winery that moves in there, you have five years, and then you have to move out to allow for somebody else to move in. There's constantly new people going in there, and it's really a great opportunity for new people to kind of get their feet wet and get moving on it when you don't really have a lot of capital behind you. This is a great way to be kind of, to kind of get that start. So I really enjoyed my time there at Walla Walla. I really enjoyed my time with my boondockers or with my harvest host hosts chatting with them and getting to know them. But that's the that's the difference. Harvest Host is not free, even if you are a member. You know, you got to spend some money. Now, that's Harvest Host. A little while ago, several years ago, Harvest Host acquired another company called Boondockers Welcome. And what Boondockers Welcome is, is, is now it's part of Harvest Host. You can get, when you become a member of Harvest Host, you become a member of Boondocker Welcome. Instead of staying at a business or a farm or a restaurant or museum or something like that, with Boondocker Welcome, you're staying in the homes or at the home of other RVers. And this is a whole different experience than a harvest host. It's also the same program as Boondocker Welcome, and I'm going to talk to you about that coming up next. Right now, though, why don't we take a little music break while you're on the road listening to this podcast. I appreciate you listening wherever you are. This is the RV Dreaming Radio Podcast. It's not about 
Dreaming podcast. Be sure to subscribe and thanks for listening. I thought you loved me.
join the conversation. Leave us a voice message on our hotline. 714-623-9824. That's 714-623-9824. 714-623-9824. Leave us a voice message. You might just hear yourself on an upcoming episode of the RV Dreaming Podcast. Yes, the new hotline, 714-623-9824. Give us a call. Let me know your comments on this. If you are a harvest host person or you're a campground person or if you would change something or what you would do differently or just your overall experience with the Harvest Host program because we're going to take those audio clips and we can, or just anything you hear actually, we can take those clips, we're going to put them into the podcast. You know, that's going to be fun to have a little interactive discussion and, and conversation with you, my RV Dreaming community. All right, so a little bit about Boondockers Welcome. Boondockers Welcome is owned by Harvest Host, and it works the same way as it does with, uh, the same way as Harvest Host. You become a member, you get unlimited stays. But instead of staying at businesses, you're staying in people's homes or driveways. Or if they have a big yard or something like that, you'll be staying in, in their yard somewhere. You don't have a, um, any, a, a an obligation to buy. So instead of staying at somebody's business, you're staying in their home. You're staying in their driveway or if they have an RV pad or maybe they have some uh, land, you're staying on their own personal property where they're not running a business. And who are these boondockers welcome hosts? Well, what's great is they're other RVers. They're part-timers, they're full-timers, they're people who have investment properties or whatever they are, but they, they are also RVers. So they understand what you're going through, what you're doing. So you can go and stay on their land for free without any obligation to purchase, which is really, really nice because it is totally free. There's no obligation at all. Now, one of the things that they will ask is that, again, you're probably going to be staying in a in a residential neighborhood. You're probably going to have neighbors. So obviously no generators. There's allow you to set up any outdoor camping or equipment or anything anything that's going to think of as more as stealth camping in these in these yards what's nice is a lot of times they'll offer you power or they'll offer you water if you need to fill up your water or if you need to maybe top off your batteries some of them might charge you a little bit five or ten bucks or something like that and all you're going to get is just a standard 110 plug so you, you won't be able to run your air condition normally off of it but it's a great way if you're running low and you just need to top off your water or top off your batteries for one night uh, you know five or ten bucks man that's the way to do it that that's a great spot and the better part is you're talking to other RVers who get the lingo, who understand, hey, I'm running a little bit late. I know I said I'd be there at 4. It looks like I'll be there at 6 or whatever the situation may be. They they live the life. They get it. And they love talking about their travels just as much as they love hearing about yours. Where are you going? Where are you coming from? What are you doing? And what's great about the Boondockers Welcome too is they're great tour guides. You know, they, they've lived around here. They've owned the property for a long time probably. And they can really give you that insider scoop of the local neighborhood, very micro activities of the city. So when you park at this Boondockers Welcome, they'll be able to say, oh, just uh, with, it's within walking distance. Go this way or go that way or it's two minutes this way or go tell my friend Raul over here that he owns this restaurant. He Go tell him I sent you. You know, they know all the places that are hyper local to that particular neighborhood. And if you ever really want to travel and live like a local and know where the, the, the local coffee shops are and know where the locals go for great food and, and things like that, that's really the boondockers welcome portion of the program. 
program. And again, that's included in your harvest. I believe that's included in your Harvest Host membership of uh, $99 a year. And when you use that link in the description, you get an additional 15% off. So that drops your price down to $84. And again, unlimited stays at both Harvest Host and Boom and Darker's Welcome. couple things to keep in mind. They rate you just as you rate them, just like an Uber or a Lyft or any of these other kinds of Airbnb kind of places. They will rank you and as a, as a guest. So, again, being on your best behavior, cleaning up after yourself, not being a nuisance, doing what you say you're going to do, following the house rules, all of these things make a big difference in your credibility score when you are applying to stay at another uh, Boondockers Welcome or Harvest House because you request and they still have to approve you. So they'll look and they'll see what other hosts have said about you, whether you're a kind, generous, supportive person or the opposite. And I'm not even going to get into what, what, I would, what, that, what that could be. But that's the, uh, that's the whole program. Harvest Host and Boondockers Welcome. I support them. I support using the businesses. I support the whole thing. You know, here's an interesting thing about Boondockers Welcome too. Because when, when it first came out, I thought it was weird. Because I didn't want to stay in a neighbor's, a stranger's driveway. I thought that was a little too personal. I thought that was a little too whatever. But as I started doing about it, I used Boondockers Welcome a lot when I was in Canada. And yes, they are in Canada. Harvest Host and Boondockers Welcome have some locations up there. When I was in Vancouver, I think I stayed at three different Boondocker Welcome places up in the Vancouver area. And I, I loved it. I mean, I, the, the, especially in a city you don't know. You know, the, the, the hosts that were there were great communicators about, hey, go to here. This is uh, this is happening over here. This is a great area. Don't go this way. Go this way. There's a bike trail right over here. It's only two minutes away. It's only five minutes away. Great tour guides, like I was telling you. I really appreciated that. And all of them, every single one that I stayed at, offered me power for free. You know, they even had electrical cords uh, running and mats that would cover up on sidewalks and everything. Uh, one of them that I stayed at up in Vancouver even said, you know, I have somebody else coming in tonight that has reservations, but you can always park across the street from me or you can park over here or this house that's for sale down the, you know, right on the corner is vacant. You can go park in front of them. They have the, the knowledge on these local areas, which was a big, big help. And I just, I just... I've really come to enjoy staying at the Boondockers Welcome. And again, they've, they said on their website, sometimes power $5 just to whatever. So I said, Hey, I'll Venmo you. What's your Venmo? And they, a lot of times they're like, ah, no, don't worry about it. It's all good. Not a guarantee that's going to happen, but it, but it, it can. So I appreciate all of the Harvest Host locations. I appreciate all of the Boondockers Welcome locations because they really do provide a great, and valuable service to us RVers as we're trying to move from place to place. Oh, one more thing. Harvest hosts typically a one-night maximum. Some of the Boondocker welcome sites, you can do two or three nights sometimes, depending upon the host. So there's that option as well, which is, I think, just absolutely amazing. So if you haven't done so already, what are you waiting for? Go sign up for Harvest Host and then stay at some. And when you're done, give me a call, 714-623-9824 on the RV Dreaming Hotline. And let me know your thoughts. Let me know your experiences. And if you have stayed before... 
call that number up too and give me your thoughts on your experiences at your different harvest hosts. What's your favorite one? What's your least favorite one? What's your funny story? What's the craziest place that you stand? I want to know. I want to know all these things. 714-623-9824. That's the Radio Dreaming RV Hotline. So reach out to me there, and I think that's going to do it for this edition of the RV Dreaming Radio Podcast. So, again, thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're getting it. That really does help a lot. And share with your friends. Uh, take this link and, and send it up on your socials and tell all of your friends about it. But in the meantime, until we meet, enjoy your travels, make them safe, make them fun, and make them memorable. This is Stuart for RV Dreaming. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the RV Dreaming Podcast. See the action on Instagram. Stuart doing stuff. Hear about it on the podcast. Be sure to subscribe. We'll see you in the next episode.